Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. That's uh, Rhino down there in Studio X. Rhino, I was blamed earlier for pushing buttons. I want, I want it on the record that I did. I want you to check the captain's log that I did not push any buttons. Is that correct? Scanning, scanning. I don't see your code. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I didn't do it. Wasn't me. So appreciate you you doing that, and, and of course taking care of everything else for us here on this on this great show that Richard Cross just refuses to promote. That scalawag. That carpet bagger. What's wrong with him? I got him again. That's two in a row. Let's see if we can't make it three next week. We've got a lot to talk about here on a, on a Wednesday night in the world of Mississippi State sports. It has been a busy uh, few days, busy few, you know, it's bad. let's just be honest. Since the start of this football season, it's been busy. Hey, I feel like we're kind of sliding into the offseason, but goodness gracious, you know, as coaches being hired and uh, two weeks from today, Will be National Signing Day, so I mean, there, there really is no 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 off season uh, for college football, at least not until we until we get into you know after the bowl games and things like that. Um, of course, for Mississippi State, that's not it's not an issue. There's no, there's no bowl game uh, for the Bulldogs this year. So, I like to fancy myself as a guy who who follows college football pretty closely. Uh, I like to I like to think that I'm a guy that knows what he's talking about when I come on this show and I come on. Sports Talk Mississippi, and when I do the podcast and I talk about college football, I like to think I'm coming to you from a position of intelligence and, and experience and 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 um, other things that sound good. But today, I must admit that when I saw the tweet from my friend Ross Dellinger uh, that Mississippi State was hiring Alabama outside linebacker coach Coleman Hutzler to be the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State, I had no clue who this person was. Had never heard this person's name in a conversation that I recalled prior to seeing it in that tweet. Now, Richard did uh did remind me, or I, I say it reminded me. I honestly did not know this. I, I just didn't know, but that Coleman Hutzler was uh, he coached a game for Ole Miss a few years ago when he was there. Uh, he was there, the the coach for the op- season opener against Louisville, when Lane Kiffin came down with COVID, and so he coached that game. I, I had no memory of this, and for me, just 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 for me, just 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 what I'm thinking here is that I am I'm not sure that it's the best situation for Mississippi State to be hiring a defensive coordinator that. Not only that I've never heard of, but from the judging from the reaction of the message boards and the social media that I saw, nobody's really ever heard of. Um, 
Nobody really knows a lot about this guy. I reached out to a friend of mine who covers Alabama, John Talty, covers it from Bama 24 7. I was like, hey, what do you know about this guy? Not much. Never talked to him. Now, obviously, the Nick Saban policy of you can't talk to my assistant coaches hinders that, but to have never spoken to this guy, I mean, John has been covering Alabama for, for a long time. So I don't have a really good feel for what this guy is. What is his philosophy going to be? What, what kind of formations does he want to use? Uh, you know, what, what, what's the thought process? What kind of athletes is he going to want to recruit? I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have no, no knowledge of this situation. Offensively, I feel like I have a good feel for what Jeff Levy was trying to do, putting his staff together. That he, he valued experience in his system. He brought in guys that he had worked with before or who had worked in similar offenses. The only, the only outlier there is Chad Bumpus, who is the, you know, the guy who he wanted to keep on staff because he's got two four-star commit, kids committed at wide receiver, or is about to, and is about to get another one when Stonka Burnside inevitably gets back into this class, which is where that's trending right now. I say it's trending right now because it's recruiting, guys. I can wake up tomorrow and it's different. I could I could finish the show and it could be different where the recruiting goes. You wanted to keep Bumpus though, but Matt Holacek, Cody Kennedy, uh, John Cooper, and Anthony Tucker had all worked either worked with Levy or worked in systems similar to what Levy likes to do offensively. And so, from a coaching standpoint, obviously the teaching of the to the players and 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 that will be another uh, animal entirely. But just from a coaching standpoint. Nobody's learning the system. And I think that's, that's played a role in why State was not good offensively a year ago, is that not only were you teaching the, the players the system, you had to teach the coaches the system. They hired all of the offensive assistant coaches before the coordinator, and he didn't get to pick his guys. He didn't get to pick guys who were familiar with what he wanted to do. Would it have made a huge difference? I don't know. But it couldn't have helped. So now from a coaching standpoint, at least you'll be able to integrate everything you want to do from a coaching standpoint, efficiently. Should be no problem. Now, from the player's standpoint, we'll see. We'll see. Defensively, though, you know, you've got David Turner and you've got uh, Coleman Hutzler, who I am probably going to end up calling Coach Hutz at some point. Just because that Hutzler, Hutzler is a tough name to say for some reason. Anything with a Z in it can be difficult. A Z in the middle there throws you off. But you got you know, and I've seen I've seen the the, the you know there's just, there's a lot of internet smoke. I haven't seen anything official from anybody that I would trust about uh, Matt Barnes from Memphis coming in. But they've got they've got two more hires there, plus a special teams coach to bring in. So so still some more to do on the other sides of the ball. I really thought this was going to be the time for Mississippi State to hire an experienced defensive coordinator, you know, first time head coach. I thought you would have wanted real experience there. That's why DJ Durkin's name was being brought up and made a lot of sense. Tom Allen's name made sense. Jeff Collins' name made sense to me. Like somebody you can trust on that side of the ball, leave them alone. They know what they're doing. You don't have to mess with them. Instead, you bring in a guy who, you know, quite frankly, has never done this before. He has the title of co-coordinator in 2020, but he was not calling those defenses. You know, we 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 always have this. We had the argument with with uh, with Levy about when he was with Kiffin. Uh, was he calling those plays or not? But when he was in Oklahoma, you know that he was. You don't have this with with uh, Coleman Hutzler, so that that's that's a worry. That's a concern. You know, 
I think if you're a Mississippi State fan, when we look at what this team is going to look like next year, they still haven't figured out the quarterback situation. They're going to go into the portal and try to get a guy, probably two guys. They might they might try to get like a one-year guy and then a uh, a multi-year guy and have that guy battle it out with Parson uh, in, the, in the seasons to come. Uh, you know, who, who's this team's lead running back? I don't think Woody, Mar- Woody, Woody Marks has not said for sure if he's coming back or not, but... I mean, I don't think you can just you know pin your hopes on Woody Marks. He, can't, he just can't stay healthy. So they probably need to go in the, the portal and get one of those guys, unless they're going to get a, a, a big-time freshman, which might happen. We'll see. Wide receiver, you've lost. Uh, we'll talk more about Xavion, obviously, uh, a little later in the show. But you always lose Tulu Griffin as well. You don't have a lot of, of proven guys there. You know, Justin Robinson, Jordan Mosley, Creed Whittemore. I mean, not, not a lot there. That's not that is not an SEC starting wide receiver core right there. You've got to go to the portal and get help there. And your offensive line, you lose what four starters. You, you got the the portal. State state needs like eight nine guys out of the portal for offense. Then defense, kind of the same thing. So the so it's it is, is it a dirty word to say rebuild? Because that's kind of where you are. I think you're kind of back where you were in 09. I think you know that you are hoping that Jeff Levy will be the same kind of, of hire that Dan Mullen was for you. And I'm not saying that Mississippi State's going to get to number one again or, or, or anything like that. I'm just saying that you hope that year one of, of Jeff Levy, you see improvement, they're scoring points, the offense is moving the ball up and down the field, kind of the same way you did in Mullen's first year after you know the Croom era. You know, you were, They were so bad offensively for all those years. And then Mullen comes in, and even though they went 5-7, and seven, you watch them play, and you're like, all right, this team is miles better than it was a year ago. They're going to be okay. And that's what you want to hope for, for, for year one with Jeff Levy. You'd like to get to a bowl. If you get to six and six, I consider that, that would be, be, a, be a win. That would be a win for Mississippi State. Anything over that is, is gravy. You know, you're doing good. You did good at that point. But rebuilds aren't rebuilds like they used to be. It's, there's no four-year rebuild, five-year rebuild in college football anymore. It is, you, you got two years. You get one to make it. Some improvements. Year two, you better be better. That's what the portal's for. So, going to be a, uh, a an interesting year one for Jeff Levy and this coaching staff as it continues to come together. I'm, I, I guess, I'm curious. I'm curious. I don't, I don't want to say I'm, I'm pessimistic just yet, but I, but I am looking at it, going, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this. We'll see how it goes. All right. When we come back, let's talk uh, the other side of the coin for Mississippi State football. Quarterback, transfer portal, uh, recruiting. Who is going to be under center next year for the Bulldogs? We'll talk about that when we come back here on Thunder and Lightning. Super Talk Mississippi. Back here on Thunder and Lightning, here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Mississippi State podcast with me and Robbie Falk five days a week. Plus, we usually have some extra stuff on there for you to check out. And this week, on Friday, I will be talking to Mississippi State Athletic Director Zach Selman. And that will go on the podcast feed, so you'll be able to get that. Uh, all you got to do is subscribe. And if you could, if you could really be helpful, if you would uh, just you know give me that five-star review. Again, you are allowed to say whatever you want in the review. You can tell me how terrible I am. But please make it a five-star review. I appreciate that. Ah, so that's the coach. We talked about the coaching side of things. What about the player side of things? Quarterback. That's what everybody is focused on at Mississippi State. That's what everybody is thinking about right now. Um, who's it going to be? Will Rogers into the transfer portal. Uh, played his last game at Mississippi State. And so who will, who will replace him? Uh, I think if Mississippi State has its way in the portal, they will get a veteran guy who can maybe come in and be the, the guy for this year coming up for 2024 and then get a guy that maybe they can battle it out with Chris Parson. And try, you got to try to reset some of your, your balance. I mean, because right now all you've got is Mike Wright, who, I, again, I like Mike Wright. I think he's a great teammate, a great leader. I just don't – he's just not much of a good quarterback. And then you have Parson – and you don't have anybody else. You have two quarterbacks on the roster right now. You'll bring in a guy from the signing class. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So who are they going to get? Dylan Gabriel's the name that everybody's going to immediately go to. Uh, was at Oklahoma with Jeff Levy. They have a, a an incredibly tight relationship. We had Eli Letterman on yesterday from selloutcrowd.com. He covers Oklahoma foot, football. And he said that that relationship is almost like father and son. But... Right now, Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, a lot, most of the trending thought is he's going to end up in Oregon. And you can't blame him. We just talked about Mississippi State having to rebuild. If you only got one year left, would you rather be a rebuild or would you rather uh, you know, go to play for a national championship, possibly, at Oregon? I mean, they'll, they'll be in the playoff next year with Dylan Gabriel. So, you know, that, that's probably the way that's going to end up trending out. So who else is there? I'm looking at a graphic here, uh, so I see it on Twitter from a JD Pickle. JD Pickle is uh, works for On Three. That's this new website I've been telling Robbie Falk about. Um, he has some predictions. He has Mississippi State ending up with former Miami Hurricanes quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. It's an interesting thought. Van Dyke has got a big arm, good passer. He's been inconsistent at Miami, but, but Miami's been inconsistent. Better athlete than Will Rogers as well. Speaking of Rogers, he has him ending up at Washington. I find I find that incredibly fascinating to think that he could take over for Michael Penix. There, another name I, I, I like, and people might you might you might get mad at me for this one, but DJ Uagalele. I think I pronounced that right. If I didn't, he's probably not coming to state, so it doesn't matter. But this was a kid who was the. Top-rated quarterback coming out of high school. And, I mean, he was supposed to be the next guy at Clemson taking over for Trevor Lawrence. And he put up pretty good numbers, but not good enough, and they didn't win a national title while he was there. And so he, he moves on to Oregon State this year. Pretty good numbers again. He has a ton of talent, arm talent. He can, he can fling the ball down the field. State needs a guy with a deep ball. So he's an interesting kind of dark horse candidate there. Could end up at, at Mississippi State. 
Another name, you know, people are going to say, wow, he wasn't that great at Ohio State. Yeah, but Kyle McCord would be one of the most talented quarterbacks Mississippi State's ever signed or he'd end up at Mississippi State. Now, again, J.D. Pickle, going with him, he has Kyle McCord going to Miami. It's kind of funny how the pieces work here. He also he has DJU going to uh, Florida State. But McCord would be an interesting one. I don't know if he's the best fit for what Jeff Lebby wants to do offensively, but he's a very he's a good he's a good player. Now, you, 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 if you if your floor is Kyle McCord, you're doing okay. A name that's not on this list yet is um, KJ Jefferson. Not in the portal as of yet. Supposedly going to go into the portal, and there's been a lot of talk that you know perhaps would be interested in Mississippi State, thrived in the Kendall Bryles version of this offense uh, a couple of years ago, was a really good player for Arkansas for a couple seasons there, took a huge step back this past year under Dan Enos, which isn't surprising. So if he were to go into the portal, I think he would become a target for Mississippi State as well. So th- those are your, those are your, your, if you ask me, is, if, just look at this list. Riley Leonard, Dylan Gabriel, Will Howard, Cam Ward, DJU, Kyle McCord, obviously not Rodgers, Tyler Van Dyke, and then Tyler Van Dyke, and then Grayson McCall. That's another interesting name. I don't, I don't know if he fits what Levy wants to do either. Is, is State's starting quarterback for 2024 on this list? If I included KJ Jefferson? I'll say this. I'd say you need him to be because if, if unless somebody else is going to jump in, those are the big names. You got to get one of those guys to come to Mississippi State. Will that happen? I don't know. I know they're they're they they got a lot of chips in the in the center trying to get one here though. Then from a recruiting standpoint, Mississippi State uh, lost the commitment of three star, four star, depending on where you look, quarterback Josh Flowers, who had been committed to. To the uh, to Mississippi State for quite some time. Uh, if you read his uh, his commit decommitment graphic, uh, pretty obvious what happened here is Mississippi State said we're, we're moving on. We'll help you find another spot if you if you want. Uh, State also was pursuing uh, Oak Grove quarterback uh, Anthony Maddox, who recently his team of course just won the uh, state championship and. Looked like they had a a chance to maybe flip him from Texas A&M. However, earlier this week, uh, he decided to uh, basically reaffirm his commitment to Texas A&M. He's not taking any more visits. He was scheduled to visit here, I think, this weekend. That's now that's now off the table. So he's out. So the name to watch is a kid named Michael Van Buren, four-star quarterback, where he uh, just recently decommitted from Oregon. We're always going back to Oregon here. Very interesting player. Not the biggest quarterback. He's only 5'11". I, I guess kind of built like a Kyler Murray a little bit. But a four-star kid. Offers from Oregon, Alabama, Arizona. Uh, just go down the list here a little bit. Michigan, Oklahoma. The Oklahoma offer is the key. Levy really likes this guy, from what I've been told. And he is visiting Mississippi State this weekend. So we shall see if the if the Bulldogs can pull in. This would be a really this is a national quarterback recruit. All right. This kid plays at St. Francis Academy of Baltimore, Maryland. They play a for what I for high schools, they play a very tough, tough schedule. Um 
Obviously, you know, the size might be a little bit of a concern down the road. But if you can throw the ball and, and you're mobile, you know, you're going to be okay. I, I, I think in college football, especially with the way these offenses are set up, you, you don't have to have the, the prototypical 6'4", 6'5", uh, quarterback there. He's visiting this weekend, and it feels like all of State's eggs are in this basket. The only thing left to do after this, and I talked tomorrow's, on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning with Robbie Falk about this, is do you do you make a push, a late push, for Starville High School quarterback Trey Petty? I don't know if State can do that or not. According to what Robbie was saying, he says Petty is committed to Illinois. He's pretty happy with that commitment. He's planning to enroll early there. But would he turn down the hometown team if they came in late, especially when it looks like one of his teammates, Stonka Burnside, is going to join him? So we'll see. We'll see. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, again, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't like being so negative on this one. But you, you have all your, 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 your eggs in this basket now. You know, you, you let flowers go. Maddox has said not interested. And if this kid doesn't come in, I don't, I don't know where you're looking. Now, Jeff Levy is a guy who can recruit quarterbacks. He can, he can, he can get big name quarterbacks. I think. Because people want to play in his system. They, they, they see that they're going to throw for a ton of yards. They see they're going to throw for a lot of touchdowns. They're going to have a lot of opportunities to make big plays. But you got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. So, we'll see. We'll see. The, the Van Buren, the, the, it came together pretty quickly, too. Like He decommitted from Oregon, and immediately it was like, ooh, that might be one to watch. And now he's visiting Mississippi State. And, you know, like I said, signing day is two weeks from today. So he makes this visit. You'd probably like to wrap that up and get him get him committed because bringing a quarterback in like that is what's going to bring other commitments to the table. They're going to want to see him and play with him. So we'll see if that's the, uh, the case for Mississippi State. Big recruiting weekend for State this weekend. A lot of prospects on campus uh, as they try to close out this class and, and put it together, really. All right, when we come back, Xavion Thomas. To the transfer portal. What happened? Why? Why should you care? We'll talk about it when we come back. It's Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. We don't normally uh, get away from the Mississippi State sports here on Thunder and Lightning, which is what we're listening to, by the way. But this story, you ready, Rhino? you're, You're not. You're not ready. I'll just go ahead and tell you. You're not ready. A former Jacksonville Jaguars employee is accused of stealing more than $22 million from the franchise from 2019 to 2023 by exploiting the organization's virtual credit card program, and he used that money to buy, among other items, two vehicles, a condominium, a designer watch worth over $95,000. Some of that money was also allegedly used to purchase cryptocurrency 
and place bets with online gambling sites. How, how big, if you know what I'm saying, do you have to, to steal $22 million? Yeah, nobody noticed that on the credit card bill? Like, like, what? Why is there a condominium on this bill? Who, whose rent are we paying? 22, you know, you think like, you know, somebody, you know, they stole a couple thousand dollars, you know, they, they, they moved some money. You hear about it. You hear about stuff like this. $22 million this guy stole. And was able to get away with it for four. Yeah, he was able to get away with it for four years. That's insane. I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm disturbed or, or I would admire the guy. Like, uh, what, you, you know what I wonder? Like, what was the purchase that put him over the top? What was the one that were like, hey, hey, something's not right? We, we've been slowly giving away $5 million a year here, but this, this one thing popped up today. That's a red flag. We can't have that. Never mind. That guy should be like, they should, they should promote that guy. Like, you, you, did, you did good. Jeez, $22 million. Uh, we got some text here on the C Spire text line. What about Shadur Sanders? Is Shadur Sanders in? I don't think he's in the portal. Uh, he can't transfer, can he? he? He transferred from Jackson State to uh, to Colorado. I don't think he, unless he's a grad. I don't think so. Uh, we got one here for KJ. One vote for KJ, but no for DJ uh, for DJU. So no, they want KJ, but not DJ. Uh from the 601, what is up with your On3 bit here lately? On3 is this new sports website. It's uh, Mississippi State has a, it's, it's new. It's a, it's a new website. That, uh, it's on, on 3 Sports is what it's called. Speaking of On3 Sports, they, they tweeted out yesterday that uh, Mississippi State wide receiver Xavion Thomas uh, was going to be entering the transfer portal. Uh, and this comes you know on the heels of uh, Mississippi State wide receiver Tulu Griffin and, uh, declaring for the NFL draft. So that state's two, you know, most explosive uh, playmakers, um, gone. Now, obviously, you're, I know some of you are going to be like, "Well, Xavier entered the transfer portal last year and he came back, so why could he?" I, I'm not expecting that. Last year, I thought he had he was going to be he probably would come back. I, I, I was I was of the opinion that okay, he's he's going to be okay. They'll they'll get him back in. This year, I don't think that's the case. And if you're wondering, it's not it's not an nil issue. I, in fact, Mississippi State. According to some of my sources, made him a staggering offer. They they overpaid. They they were willing to overpay to keep him on the roster because they want him here at Mississippi State. This is just a case of he thinks he can get an offer from LSU, and that's where he wants to go. And so he's going to go get in the portal. And if he gets that offer, he will go. If he doesn't get that offer, I guess the window is the, the is open for him to come back. But. I, I do know that the, the offer state has made to him is a take it or leave it offer. There will be no negotiation. There will be no if we can just get it's it's, it's this or nothing. So I I, I would expect him to uh, to get that. I would expect to get that that LSU offer. Good player and uh, goes from there. So what does it mean for Mississippi State? As I, I just I discussed a little earlier, uh, right now, I mean, if you said what's the weakest position, it might be wide receiver. You just don't have a lot of proven guys there. Justin Robinson's your most proven guy. And you think about that and think about you know the way he played a season ago. That's scary. That's scary. 
You, know, you have Jaden Wally, but I mean, gosh, I've never seen a guy's qu- his career went in reverse. Normally, it's like your first year, you're not that great, and you just get better every year. Wally had his best year as a freshman and has never been able to equal that. You have Jordan Mosley, the transfer from Northwestern, who showed some flashes here and there this year, but nothing, nothing. To, you know, you can just you can't just say, oh, but yeah, he put pencil him into the starting lineup. And then you have Creed Whittemore, who you know we saw in Week One, and we thought, okay, this guy looks like he looks great. Looks like he'll be a big part of the season. And then I don't know that he caught another pass all year. Maybe one. I don't know. You want to know how I know a, a, a bad offensive scheme and bad offensive system and bad offensive coaching? When a guy in one in week one has uh, 180 all-purpose yards and a couple touchdowns, and then he doesn't have that many yards and touchdowns the rest of the season. I, I just call it crazy at that point. So, State's got to improve at the, uh, at the wide receiver position. I mean... If they go into next year at at, at, uh, at running back with Pittman and Seth Davis, Kevon Lee, okay, you know they'll, 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 they'll sign a high school guy. You know they got the junior college guy Johnny Daniels who uh, committed last uh, last week. So they, I mean, they'll be okay there. And then on the offensive line, I mean you got to find some guys there. But man, State needs to go into the portal and get two or three quality wide receivers. They need real production. A guy like Will Shepard from Vanderbilt. That would be a, a great start uh, there. Um, the wide receiver whose name I forget from South Alabama. Now he's got some big offers, but state. This is a year. This is a, a team now with Lebby that wide receivers are going to say, "Okay, I know about Jeff Lebby. I, you know, I know what he did at Ole Miss with Elijah Moore, and I know what he did at Central Florida and at Oklahoma with their passing game, and I'll, I'll have opportunities." If I if I play there, so you know you're not selling them, you're not selling them the vision. You're selling them on this is what's going to happen. This is what happens when I coach offense. And of course, from a, a true you know true freshman standpoint, you should have a pretty good core of true freshmen coming in. Obviously, you have JJ Harrell committed. It feels like Stonka Burnside will be coming back to the Mississippi State class. State should get a commitment from Mario Craver, who's a uh, a speedster out of the state of Alabama, four-star kid from the from the state of Alabama, and then it feels like State is also going to flip San Francisco McGee from uh, from Ole Miss. He decommitted from them uh, earlier this week. I, the verbiage of flip always gets like I feel like a flip should be immediate, right? It should be sixty seconds ago I was committed here, but now I'm committed here. That's a flip. If you decommit somewhere and then two weeks later you say I'm I'm going here, I don't I don't know if that's a flip or not. So call it what you will. We don't need to get into the semantics of the whole thing. But I think San Francisco McGee will end up being a part of this class. And that's a guy whose state felt really good about getting early on. Ole Miss made the push for him. Ole Miss made like this big in-state push in the in the in the in the summer, and they've kind of gotten away from that. And they've they've let some of those in-state kids uh, get walk, and some of them like McGee, to, you know. Just getting out. So, see how that all pans out for Mississippi State. If they get those four kids, though, I mean, I think Harold and Burnside can play immediately. And then we'll see with the other two guys. But State's got work to do. I mean, the amount the amount of of work that State has to do in the portal is it's kind of scary because you haven't seen Mississippi State do that kind of stuff yet. You know, if you're an Ole Miss fan, 
and you think, okay, man, they really need to go into the portal and get 15 guys, you feel good about that because you've seen Lane Kiffin go in there and do it. You've not seen Mississippi State do it. Jeff Levy's never been a head coach before. So you know, he's, he's, got, he's done good with the transfer portal as a coordinator, no question. But can he do it as the head coach? And State needs for some of the stuff to start happening. They need to start building up some momentum. They don't have hardly any. You think about Mississippi State recruiting, right? We go back to the summer, we had that, that little stretch where State picks up P.J. Woodland, who has since decommitted and gone to LSU. They picked up J.J. Harrell and Stonka Burnside, Terrence Hibbler. Uh, two of those guys are still committed. One, like I said, with Burnside, I think they're getting him back. Then they get Jimothy Lewis, the four-star offensive tackle at IMG Academy. And so you had like a two-week stretch where State was just getting four-star commitments and it looked like things were going in the right direction. And since then, it's, it's been weak, you know. And obviously a lot of that is with Arnett and, you know, his inability to sell the vision of the program and, and people seeing the results on the field. And then when you let him go, I mean, you can't expect to have a whole lot of recruiting momentum there. It's pretty amazing that uh, State has, has gotten a couple of commitments that they have. So you need you need to start pat, piling up some players here. I mean, signing day, like I said, it's, 13, it's 14 days away. This weekend, you bring in most of your commitments. You bring in some uncommitted guys. You, you need to get some guys to, to make a pledge this weekend. You need some, some good news. Get it going. And take it from there. Take it into signing day from there. So, All right, when we wrap things up, when we come back, I was like a little hoops. Ugh. Not fun. Not a good start to, to things there. they got to get things turned around. We'll talk about that when we come back. The Thunder and Lightning, live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Let's wrap it up here on Thunder and Lightning. Here on a Wednesday evening. Thanks for joining me tonight, guys. Always appreciated it. Glad to talk to you guys on the ceasefire text line. 601-879-4395. Flip is a sudden event. I agree. All right. This from this day forth on this show, I can't control what other people do. On this show, if they didn't if it's not a sudden change of recruiting commitment, it's not a flip. I don't want to hear that they flipped him when he committed to school X in June, decommitted in September, and then commits to you on signing day in December, you didn't flip him. You just you just signed. But if the kid shows up at the at the at the press conference and he's committed to you, and then he pulls an NWO and he's got the T-shirt on underneath and he's he's going somewhere else, he, you flipped him. You flipped him. Okay. We have cleaned up that verbiage here. On Thunder and Lightning. I think I think we've done good work. Good job. Give yourselves a round of applause. Uh, Mississippi State basketball deserves no applause. What an awful, awful, 
awful. I could say awful for the rest of the show, and I'm not sure I would get in. I would I would have enough awfuls. One of the worst losses in school history. This this loss they had the past Sunday to uh, Southern University. They were a, State was a 26 and a half point favorite in that game. Uh, and that's a team that's that, that that will be a quad four loss for Mississippi State all year. It doesn't matter how good Southern University is in the SWAC. The SWAC, even the best teams in the SWAC, those are quad four teams. Win or lose, it's quad four. And that's a home loss, too. I mean, it's not even on a neutral side. Jeez Louise. Miserable. And so that's two straight losses for Mississippi State. They take a few days off now. They're back in action on Saturday uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, playing Tulane. That's an interesting game. Tulane is a, currently 66 in the net. So that means as it stands, that would be a quad two game for Mississippi State. Chance to get a, a good win. Uh, State's net is 40, and I, I mean, I feel very confident in saying that if they had not lost to Southern, their net would have been at least 30. It would have been 10 points higher if they don't lose that game to Southern. So they've got to they got to get things together. And this isn't just, you know, they need Tolu Smith back. You know, that's not what it is. It, 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 it's, it's something else going on there. They're, 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 they, they, just, they looked out of sync. And I don't know what it is. Now, you know, I think they need to maybe look at the starting lineup a little bit. I love DJ Jeffries and I love Cam Matthews, but offensively those guys don't give you anything. They give you great defense, great leadership, rebounding. They play hard. But you got to put the ball in the bucket. That's that's the priority. So I don't know how you handle that. Do you go to three guards? You need to start. You probably need to start Hubbard. Hubbard's been fantastic. You need to keep him. And keep him engaged. And then when Tolu comes back, which, by the way, if, if, if you saw, we talked about it on, on Thunder and Lightning podcast, uh, that Tolu Smith uh, was at the game Sunday with no boot. So possibly, you know, he's a little ahead of schedule in his rehab. Possibly could see him back maybe before the start of conference play. That would be huge for Mississippi State to get him back. But they played... Like crap. I mean, there's no other way to describe what they did on sun, on Sunday. That was an awful, awful performance. And that's really the first time the, those two games, the game there and the, and the earlier week game against uh, Georgia Tech, where I felt like Chris Jans didn't have his guys ready to compete. Every other game last year, even when they lost, I was like, well, you know, they played really hard. They just they didn't make shots. This time it was I didn't think they played really hard. And I, I think if knowing Chris Jans as as I wouldn't say we're, we're not buddies or anything, but I feel like I know the guy. That he would that's that's not a, that's not what he ever wants to hear about his team. You know, he can live with not making shots. He can't live with the the efforts not where you want it to be. So, say so he's got to fix that. Got two losses, uh, and, and for women too, women lost the last two games. They were having some injury issues. Their post players, Jessica Carter, Jessica Carter, and um, Aaron Barnum. Uh, both out last game. Sam Purcell has been out. He's he's battling some health issues right now. What's going on? I thought I, I, I wanted to get through this football season and I thought, all right, basketball, they're gonna be good. I can enjoy it. And this is what's happening. Come on. I don't like that. Uh I must be in Nepal. I've listened to your show for the last three weeks as an Ole Miss fan. Appreciate it. We we have Rebel listeners. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, especially fold at the end of the game. That's what they did. They were up 11 with four minutes to go. 
and didn't score again. Baseball may be the best team, maybe. That's a hot take, my friend. We'll see about that. I don't know. I don't know about that one, my friends. All right. When we come back next week, we should be talking about some commitments. We should be talking about some more new coaches, and we may should be talking about a basketball win. If we're not talking about all three of those things, it's going to be a contentious thunder and lightning next Wednesday. So, looking forward to being with you. And of course, I'll be on Sports Talk Mississippi tomorrow. Don't miss that. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.